Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the Connext podcast. I'm Lacey Trayball, and today I'm really excited to share something with you. We're announcing the launch of our new product, Connext DDS 5.3. Today's interview is all about Connext DDS 5.3. It's hosted by my co-host, Nahir Patel, and he is interviewing David Barnett, the VP of RTI's products and markets team. If you're a system architect or a software architect, a system integrator, if you're developing systems and applications for the IIoT or the IoT, then this episode is a must listen. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Connect podcast. I am Nihir Patel, and today I am going to be talking with David Barnett, our Vice President of Products and Markets here at RTI. We're going to be talking about the latest release of Connect, Connect DDS 5.3. Dave, this is a really incredible time, really exciting. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. What we'd like to do is actually start out by talking about a little bit of context in terms of uh, what's happening in, in the industries, set up some industry examples, and then go into the new features that are being announced with Connect DDS 5.3. So David, the, the announcement headline is RTI announces first connectivity software designed for architecting IIoT systems of systems. Why the need to differentiate between IIoT and IoT? Sure. Well, I think there are some pretty significant differences between industrial internet systems and traditional consumer IoT systems or even maybe even early implementations of IIoT systems. So in particular, the type of applications that RTI is focused on are those that are really mission-critical IIoT applications, which are applications that really, you know, have some element of autonomous behavior, meaning they make, you know, local decisions at faster than human speed, and they're things that can run without human intervention. So if you think about, you know, early IoT systems, the focus was really on just connecting devices to the internet to applications running in the cloud. But when you think about, you know, mission critical and autonomous IoT systems, it's really not possible to put all of that intelligence in the cloud. That intelligence has to be much closer to the edge, both for performance reasons, because these are systems that often have to respond in microseconds or milliseconds, so it's not feasible to send the data to the cloud. They have to be very highly reliable, so you can't really depend on having, you know, a wireless or cellular connection back to the cloud. And the total volumes of data that is produced in these systems, which can be, you know, millions of data updates a second, it would just overwhelm, you know, whatever connectivity you back, have back to the cloud. So really for those reasons of, you know, performance, reliability, resilience, and scalability, intelligence that these systems, you know, needs to be much closer to the edge, which is often today called, you know, in the fog or, or, or fog computing. Okay, so we're bringing the intelligence, a lot of the, the data processing from uh, remote cloud servers down into the actual control systems, these industrial control systems or defense control systems, whatever they may be. Uh, but how do you accomplish or how does RTI accomplish uh, being able to connect all these devices? So, I mean, how do you send the messages back and forth so reliably? Sure. So I think... Uh, you know, one of the keys about, you know, the Connects DDS infrastructure is its ability to very intelligently distribute data where that is needed. So again, in an IoT system, whether you're talking about, 
you know, the data in an autonomous car where you could be dealing with, you know, very large data sets coming from things like uh, LIDAR sensors and cameras or in a hospital where you could have literally, you know, hundreds of thousands of devices monitoring patients. It's not feasible to send all that data to the cloud or even a single point in an IT system. So key in Connects DDS is the ability to be very intelligent about what data you send where. So that you're only distributing data, you know, to destinations and across networks if that data is needed, you know, in that remote location. And because these systems tend to be, you know, what we would call layered, um, a key piece of RTI solution is something we call the routing service, which, you know, acts as a smart forwarding agent between networks. So it can intelligently determine what data, you know, needs to be sent, say, from, you know, a car back to a cloud service or, you know, from a patient's hospital room to medical records so that it's only sending data that's needed by the remote system over that particular network link. Okay. So, and, and that layered uh, aspect is really interesting because this is uh, really some guidance that the Industrial Internet Consortium is, is also putting out of this uh, layered data bus architecture. It's more of a recognition of what's needed to be done in different industries to create their Industrial Internet of Things systems. Is that seem accurate? Yeah, that's, that's exactly the case. So the Industrial Internet Consortium earlier this year published a document which defines, you know, a connectivity reference architecture for how you compose these industrial Internet of Things systems, which are really what we would call systems of systems, because, you know, you can have a system both, you know, in a hospital room that works autonomously, but then you also have, you know, higher level systems such as for, you know, health records or maybe applications like, you know, clinical decision support uh, and smart alarming. So really, this is why we would call them systems of systems, because each of these different subsystems as part of, you know, the whole larger IIoT system can have its own autonomous function and capability, but, you know, may be deployed at a different, you know, physical location. So some might be running in the room, some might be running in fog servers, you know, in the hospital, and some would be running in cloud systems or at least IT data centers. Okay. And if I were to try to, to apply what you just uh, told me to maybe the autonomous vehicle industry, it's a, it's a growing industry, really fun to talk about. I know a lot of it's still uh, in the imminent future, but uh, if we apply this layered data bus architecture, we would see maybe at the uh, business levels, we'd have uh, some sort of fleet management or, or companies managing all the thousands of autonomous vehicles over maybe a sort of business or fleet management data bus. And then you'd have maybe lower level data buses where you have control vehicle to vehicle or vehicle to infrastructure. And then, of course, uh, you know, the, the really cool and really fun stuff is, is in the car itself is, well, uh, as you mentioned before, right, how do you connect all the different sensors, the, the LIDAR cameras uh, to the, the vehicle drive components uh, in a safety critical manner in this case? But um, is that is that sort of uh, kind of the, the right application? Yeah, that's the right application. So I think, you know, what is clear in a system like this is that, you know, some data needs to be shared outside the car. Some data may just be needed in the car. So, for example, the car will have applications that sort of fuse the radar and LIDAR and video data, you know, to develop situational awareness about, you know, what other 
objects, cars, vehicles, people, obstructions might be around the car in order to develop a path for that car or determine, you know, do you have to, to brake, for example, is something unexpected happening? Right. Um, and, you know, clearly you're going to be dealing, you know, with, you know, potentially hundreds of megabytes a second, if not more, of data within the car. You're not going to share all that out of the car. But there could become times where it becomes necessary where you might want to share that information out of the car. So one of the applications uh, here that you just described, fleet management, you know, let's say there is a problem with the car and the car is stopped and maybe doesn't know. Maybe there's, you know, an accident or something's fallen into the road and it's something that the car doesn't itself understand. In a case like that, you know, it may be necessary for the person managing that fleet of vehicles may want to tap into more data from the data flow within the car. So temporarily, someone actually might want to look at the the data feed or the fuse data to think what does the car think about its current situation, and maybe even somebody has to manually drive the car a bit. So, you know, during that period in time, you actually have to share a lot more data out of the car, um, you know, while it's being, you know, micromanaged, you know, by the fleet operator at that particular point in time, but you could never share all that data from every car all the time because it would just overwhelm the network, and 99.999% of it you'd end up throwing away anyway, so it doesn't even make sense, you know, to absorb the uh, the cost of sending it all. So, you know, it's not just that some data is sometimes or intermittently needed in other locations. It's that you have to dynamically adjust to that because I don't, you know, I don't know in advance to say, you know, radar, LIDAR, video data from this car should go to my operations center. It's really only when there's an incident that I want to now look at, you know, that data to determine what the situation is and how to get out of it. Okay. So that's a really good point then. It's not really just about creating the different layers of of these architectures, of these systems of systems, but it's really building in the ability to control how the data flows between those different layers of the system and, and really give uh, full full control to to the right uh, parties on uh, you know whether it's on the fleet management level or maybe even at the uh, the vehicle level, right? And I think you know a key is this is all dynamic, so you don't you can't you know be pre configuring you know IP hosts or addresses and say you know this data goes from this car to these locations because you can't predict this in advance. These are all very you know, dynamic ad hoc systems, and they have to have the ability to adjust in real time to, you know, what the data flows are and what data is needed in what location. And in fact, a lot of the uh, extensions in our new 5.3 release are specifically targeted addressing some of these use cases. Great. And that's a great segue. So let's go ahead and jump into what we got in Connects DDS 5.3. And for folks listening, Connects DDS 5.3 actually features two products. It's Connects DDS Professional, which is our flagship product with the DDS capabilities that David talked about, plus all these additional product components that help you scale those uh, layered data bus architectures. And then we also have Connects DDS Secure, which contains all the good stuff in Connects DDS Professional, plus the DDS security standard-based security plugins uh, that allow you to configure security and make trade-offs with performance and security to suit different architectural needs. So those are the two products. Now let's dig into the features. Specifically, there's four big ones. I'll list them off maybe, and then we can dig into them one at a time. Does that sound all right? Sure. According to the announcement, we have interoperable security. We have historical data query. We have seamless device mobility, which sounds like what you were talking about a little bit earlier, and web application interoperability, which sounds really cool considering that 
most everything nowadays is made in a web form of one or another. So shall we start with interoperable security? What, what do we have here? Sure. So uh, a couple of years ago, RTI first introduced uh, support for a early version of the DDS security standard, which really defined a very fine-grained data-centric approach to security that very much aligned it you know, with the type of real-time applications, you know, reliable applications that DDS itself targeted. Now, new in this 5.3 release is that DDS security standard has been finalized and adopted officially by the Object Management Group. And in 5.3, we've aligned our DDS security implementation with that adopted standard. And this, you know, provides a couple of benefits to customers. One is now that we're using, you know, the standard wire protocol as part of DDS security, it means that our implementation will be forward compatible. So if you deploy a secure device today using ConnectDDS 5.3, that will interoperate with devices that you deploy or applications that you deploy in the future that are also based on future ConnectDDS versions, you know, now that the wire protocol itself has been standardized. And it will also even interoperate with other implementations of the DDS security standard, which is often critical in a multi-vendor system because, you know, different suppliers may choose to use different DDS implementations. And this ensures then that they can still uh, interoperate on the network. And these, you know, we talked about healthcare and uh, autonomous vehicles. Surely the supply chains are really complicated there. Another industry that we're really focused in is uh, smart energy. And uh, so I could see with uh, the, the diversity of vendors for smart energy and microgrids in particular, it's, need to have that interoperability and the ability to, um, to secure your data. I have a customer quote here, actually, that says, with RTI's leading technology as the backbone, and this is Spire, of course, is, uh, of the Spire Wave platform, we're able to offer a proven, secure, and reliable solution now and for the future. So I wanted to hone in on the now and for the future part, based on what you were telling me, it sounds like this will allow them to evolve their, their systems, evolve their offerings for their customers because of this forward interoperability, and at the same time, give their customers the flexibility of working with vendors who can now interoperate with the Connects uh, DDS secure messaging framework. Right. I mean, I think interoperability is very important in industrial IoT systems, you know, because they are multi-vendor and they also have very long life cycles. And it is often, you know, difficult, if not impossible, to upgrade some devices and applications after they're deployed. So, you know, in certain markets, which could include, you know, autonomous cars, medical devices, you know, potentially things put onto the power grid, because these are safety critical applications that often have to undergo a rigorous certification process, once those devices are deployed, you really can't upgrade the firmware on those devices. So if I'm building it today with Connects DDS 5.3, you know, I may still have to support that, you know, 10 or 20 years into the future, but I'm going to want to interoperate with, you know, future versions of my products so knowing that we support a standard security network protocol, you know, means you can now have that confidence that if you deploy applications today, that you can still interoperate with those applications down the road, even if I'm moving to newer versions of Connects DDS later. Great. Yeah, that aspect of longevity is something that's really critical to, uh, to keep in mind with these, with these kinds of systems. Uh, so we talked about now and future, but uh, let's go on to the next feature that we were announcing, and that's historical 
data query. So let's talk about uh, why getting past information is important. Sure. So, I mean, we can even go back and look at one of the examples I described before. Let's say you're managing a fleet of cars and, you know, one of the cars is now stopped because it's in a situation, you know, that it doesn't understand either what it is or, or how to get out of it. And now, you know, the human operator may need to temporarily take over. But to understand what's going on with the car, the human operator will kind of need a snapshot of what does the car see right now and how did it get into this position. Now, as I mentioned earlier, it's not possible to always send all that data from the car to the cloud or operations center because that data would just overwhelm the network. And in fact, it may be that some of that data is actually even too high bandwidth to even send in real time over the network. But now you're in a situation where the human operator now needs that snapshot of data. Um, so it has to request that data after it was originally generated and published. So one of the key new features in Connects DDS 5.3 is this ability to go query for historic data that you may not have received in real time when that data was produced. So now the operator of that car can actually go, even though you know he or she wasn't subscribing to the data when it was originally sent from the car, say, I now want to go back and see... What does the car see right now? You know, what did the car see maybe a minute or two ago? How did it get into the position that it's in? And you can go back and look at that data. Um, similar thing, you know, could be in a hospital. So there may be that you're getting an alarm now, you know, about a patient, for example. Okay. And again, you know, maybe the the doctor wasn't even, you know, maybe the doctor's at home or at a restaurant, you know, gets this alarm and then wants to go look at what led to this current condition, and they want to go get a snapshot of historic data with the new feature in Connects DDS 5.3. It's very easy for the developer of that application to say, you know, give me the data that led up to this alarm or current situation without that data having to have been subscribed, you know, at the time it was originally published. So again, this way now I can request data, you know, when I need, even if the data had already been sent, without overwhelming my network because I'm only getting the data that I actually need. I'm not sending all this data at real time that, again, would, in the case of a hospital, completely overwhelm the network. It wouldn't even be feasible. Yeah, so to, to even try to store this data, you, you have hundreds of thousands of patients in a hospital or hundreds of thousands of cars on the road. And by the way, these autonomous vehicles are expected to generate terabytes of data per day. Storing that into some sort of database off-car or off-site is, is just not even fathomable. So we need a way to get data directly from uh, the point of origination or, or some cache that's, uh, you know. Right. So what we rely on in Connects DDS is basically a local cache, which is typically in memory on each, you know, sensor, you know, device, fog node that might be part of the system. And we cache the data there so that it can be then requested in the future should it be needed by some other application without distributing it in real time or the need to have any sort of centralized database, which again would have its own bandwidth problems, as yeah, here points yeah. out. So even that may not be feasible. So the fact that we maintain these caches in a distributed fashion is really the only way you can actually get the scalability that you need to both you know, keep all this historical data at the rate it's produced and then have it available when you actually need it. Okay, thanks. And I want to come back to that doctor's uh, example where he's got the, the mobile phone or mobile device. But uh, before we get there, let's 
Let's talk about this next one, seamless device mobility. It seems like it's applicable. We talked about uh, dynamic networks, and what does that mean for, for customers? Sure. So, you know, I think one of the challenges in a lot of IIoT systems is components of that system are mobile. And we're not just talking about the fact that you might want to get mobile access, you know, from my tablet or phone. It's the original sources of data themselves could be mobile. So looking at a hospital, a patient could have, you know, wireless monitoring sensors on them and be moving around the hospital. And as they move around the hospital, they might connect to different access points or different routers, or maybe they even are in a place where there might not be Wi-Fi access and they have to switch over to a cellular network, for example. Um, same with the car, right? As a car is driving down the road, it's going to be connecting you know, to different cell towers, maybe even to different carriers. Um, and kind of the way IP networking works is as you roam, you often get what's called a new you know, internet protocol or network Address And I think if you look at traditional connectivity approaches, what happens is when your network address changes, you often lose that network layer connection, you know, wherever you are sending that data to. And when you lose connection, it causes a loss of data, you know, while you have to then go reestablish the connection based on that new address. So one of the key features uh, in Connects DDS 5.3, which we're calling mobility or IP mobility, is now the ability to sort of automatically handle changes in the low-level network address without losing any data in that process. So even if your IP address changes and you maybe lose at the you know IP network layer, you briefly lose connectivity, we make that transparent to the application. So at the Connects DDS level, you're not losing connectivity. So from the application's perspective, you're always connected to that device. And any data that may have, you know, been deferred because the network connection was temporarily down will then be resent once that connection is reestablished. So there's now nothing for the application developer to do. From an application developer perspective, it's like you have a continuous connection even if I'm roaming between access points or routers or even across different network types, maybe it's a wired, you know, maybe it's a, a patient monitor that's connected to a physical Ethernet in the room, then you disconnect it from the physical Ethernet and it goes over Wi-Fi, and then maybe you disconnect it, you know, loses connection to the Wi-Fi and switches over to cellular. You know, you can make all of those transitions now, you know, without, you know, the application programmer having to, you know, worry about that at all. It's all completely transparent to the developer or integrator, and okay. no data is lost. And before this feature, I mean, it was on the application developer. And to be fair, customer or non-customer, it could have been anyone else that's building their connectivity solution would have to bake it into their applications. Is that correct? Yes, correct. So it really doesn't matter you know, how you were doing communication. If you were using IP, this is kind of an inherent challenge you know, with IP and the way IP is, you know, implemented in a lot of operating systems is the connection is lost when the address changes. Um, and that would be, you know, true if you were writing your own communication software or using some other standard. So I think what we're doing, you know, in Connects DDS is basically, you know, adding a layer above the network communication to maintain this notion of a session, even if the underlying network connection is interrupted. Okay. So maintaining that connectivity, but abstracting it away from uh, application developers or, or device integrators so that they don't have to worry about it. They just are able to take advantage of this capability 
like they would many of the other features in Connect's DDS. Exactly. So if I say I need data reliably in this application, I'll get data reliably, even if that underlying network wasn't reliable. All right. Thanks. Uh, okay. So we've got one one more left. And this, I think maybe it'll tie back into your doctor's example with the uh, mobile device, but I'll, I'll leave it to you to describe is web application interoperability. So uh, why do we need to be interoperable with web applications? Sure. So a lot of times I think, you know, user interfaces or HMIs today are built using web technologies. So they're built to run in web browsers or using, uh, you know, web type scripting languages. So, you know, the the last, you know, key new feature we're going to talk about in Connects DDS 5.3 is support for a web services interface. So it's basically, a, you know, a RESTful HTTP based API to data that's being distributed, you know, with Connects DDS. So now directly from my web application um, or scripting application, you know, I can use a web services API to publish and subscribe to, uh, to data on the Connects DDS data bus. All right. If we were to tie all these together, maybe we could do the, the healthcare example. We have interoperable security for bringing together all these devices from different suppliers we have historical data query if a doctor on his or her mobile device needs to get access to data about a patient that has already passed but is cached, they can do that. And then if this same patient, if the doctor decides the patient needs to be moved to another part of the hospital, for example, it's going to connect to a different access point, we cover that with our seamless device mobility so it's transparent to the doctor, transparent to the patient, transparent to everybody. And then finally, I mean, with this web application interoperability, the doctor gets this state-of-the-art user interface to gather data about the patients and to uh, be able to visualize it without having to worry about spreadsheets and charts and you know detailed numbers. They can get the information presented in a way that makes it easier for them to do their jobs. Does that maybe some summarize that? No, that's a, that's a great summary. Right. So I think you know if you look, all these you know features are very you know complementary. And really fundamental to you know building these layered IIoT systems of systems. Okay, great, David. That sounds really awesome, and I know you're really busy with the launch activities. So really appreciate your time today. Okay, well, thank you very much. For folks listening in, Connects DDS 5.3 is available today at www.rti.com/downloads. So if you're a first-time user, you can you can go to the site, you can get registered, you can download an evaluation version. Uh, and you can get some more resources, more help at www.rti.com forward slash getting started. And if you want more details on pricing and packaging, reach out to us on the website or contact your local account rep. Thanks for listening to episode 11 of the Connects podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to learn more about what you heard today, head on over to podcast at rti.com. Thanks and have a great day.